0: Marital rape is said to be sexual intercourse without a person's consent by the person to whom he or she is married to. There could be domestic violence involved and it's more common in women and in developing countries. Um, Some developed countries have laws in place to prevent it from happening. But here in Ghana, there currently aren't any laws to prevent that. But then it's assumed that the domestic violence acts
1: Babe, don't make a sound. Two AM low, gotta keep it down. Don't wait around for a signal now. Give me some verb I ain't talking now. You wanna ride in the six? You wanna down in the But When I lean for the kiss, you said I'll probably send you some bits. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of SS Speaks, the podcast for the Center Minds. So there was this audio at the beginning of this very podcast, which is kinda new if you've been following my podcast. And for those who are on the podcast for the very first time, hello guys, you're welcome to my podcast. Um I usually speak about anything really that comes up, you know. I just want to follow anything trending, especially in the human rights space. So, um today we are going to talk about marital rape and whether it's even a thing, you know. Over the years, I've always been thinking of rape one way, where like some crazy dude goes to find some girl, or vice versa, and you know, have their way without a person's consent, but guess what, Um, this topic came up um, on a Twitter chat, GBV, GBV Africa, it's actually on Twitter, you can follow them and check out their Twitter chat topics. Um, It came up as one of the topics and it was amazing. (laughs) That was the first time I got in contact with such a thing. I was like, whoa, so people actually get raped in marriages? Interesting. So I got some voice notes from people, uh, friends, and yeah, I'm going making comments on them. So let's do this. first person wants to go anonymous and we are going to do just that
2: hi so these are my thoughts on marital rape I'll first take it from a civil law point to let let's find out what the law says on rape in this country the law on rape is in section 97 and 98 of the criminal and other offenses act act 29 and it says that rape is a first-degree felony, and rape is the carnal knowledge of a female of 16 years and above without her consent. I need you to remember this definition, because I'm going to refer to, to, to it in, um, in the course of this presentation. So, as far as the law is concerned, as long as the female, first of all it has to be a female as is in Section 98 of Act 29, first of all the victim has to be a female and then her age has to be 16 years and above and then there must be no consent from her to a person having carnal knowledge of her. So if you look at the definition as contained in section 98 of Act 29, there is no indication as to whether or not the female is a married female or not. you know? It didn't say that an unmarried female and if the law makers or the framers of the law intended for a qualification of the type of female whose uh, unconsensual canon knowledge, should qualify as rape, they would have stated so. And so the fact that the law says that a female who doesn't consent, and the female is above 16 years, that should amount to rape, should tell you that the law envisages situations where, whether married or not, a person who is beyond 16 years old can withhold consent for sex and that should amount to rape. I don't see how difficult this is to understand because um, it's clear, it's unambiguous that the elements to satisfy the offence of rape are clear, law. So I think that the difficulty arises where Ghanaians have, basically Ghanaians have an understanding of marriage that is deeply rooted in religion and our sociocultural upbringing so when you look at the major religions in this country they are all abrahamic especially the christian and the um, islamic religions and these two religions are primarily essentially patriarchal in nature and so when you read their books their holy books they speak of marriage as a the the man owning the body of of the woman and that's why there is dowry etc etc because the the basic foundation of these abrahamic religious marriages is that the man comes to own the woman although she's being loved as far as they're concerned she's being loved deeply loved and saved from the public humiliation and shame of being an unmarried woman, God forbid. So, he owns you. And if you take the Bible, for instance, in Matthew 19, the two shall become one. So, there's no division of body. There's no individualism of body. And most people have interpreted that biblical provision in Matthew 19 to mean that the two have become one physically and spiritually, so there is no way a person, a, 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 a wife, a Christian wife should deny her Christian husband access to her body and other provisions in the Bible again in Ephesians 5 and Corinthians 7 clearly show that, um, and these are Paul's letters, clearly show that you cannot as a spouse deny access to your body to your husband or your wife except for spiritual reasons for example you're fasting and you're praying or you're sick and even then he qualifies the Paul I mean he qualifies it to say that it's only for a while for a short while you should resume conjugal conjugal uh, intimacy as soon as practicable yeah. So basically, coming from a Christian background, you would see that there cannot be rape in a Christian marriage. There cannot be rape in a Judeo-Christian marriage, and I'm sure it is the same for Islamic marriages because they all—I mean, their their foundation is the Abrahamic um, teachings. So there cannot be rape, and to the extent that majority of Ghanaians ascribe to these abrahamic tenets abrahamic religious tenets it should tell you why it is so difficult to pursue marital rape in our law enforcement agencies because the officer you're going to report that your husband is raping you, the officer you're going to report to is probably a church pastor or a church leader and doesn't understand the concept of a woman owning her body even though she's married and a woman having the right to say, I don't want to have sex with you although you're my husband. And so it will not be pursued. You end up going to court and it's the same thing because everybody has this notion, and it's because of our religious biases. We have this notion that um, uh, a woman cannot be raped in um, in marriage. If um, if you remember when Parliament was discussing the spousal uh, spousal property bill and other. Bills that had to do with women's rights. There, there were talks about marital rape, the domestic violence act. There was um, talks about rape, and they didn't want to put it in there because majority of parliamentarians thought that how can you talk about rape in marriage? Eh, it's not your wife's body; it's your body. You know, this is the mentality we have. It's and and it's also because we are raised up not understanding body boundaries. And our boys are raised up with a sense of entitlement to women's bodies. And so they think that um, once they're married to this woman, they're entitled to her body any time, any day. Well, I think that I'm not a man, but I think that if a woman gave herself to you willingly, it's, it would be more fun. It would be more exciting sexually than if you forced yourself on her. So I, I just think it's a higher road to take no matter how you were raised. It's just a higher route to take. But basically, our law has it provides a secular solution to the problem of marital rape. And yes, there is marital rape. You're married, you're a wife, and your husband wants to have sex with you. And you say no. And he forces himself and has sex with you. That is marital rape. So marital rape exists. It happens all the time. Personally, I've spoken to a few women who have been raped in their marriages. Uh, Sometimes I'll give you a classical scenario where a husband um, has cheated and the wife is afraid that he's probably carrying a sexually transmitted disease and so doesn't want to have sex with him until he's done his tests. And he doesn't understand this. So he forces himself on her at night, every night. And she cries. She's upset, visibly upset about it. It's not that she's saying don't have sex with me ever again. She's saying that run your test. Let me make sure that you're clean before we have sex. But he can't wait. So he forces him. That's rape. Isn't that rape? Wouldn't you call that rape? That is rape. So there is marital rape. I don't know. How you can have a very clear mind on the definition of rape and still say that there cannot be rape in marriage? It means that you're saying that consent to marriage is tantamount to consent to sex all the fucking time no and i think that is not it i don't think it is true i think that when a person consents to being married they're consenting to many things they're consenting to sharing their life with you sharing intimacy sharing money sharing time and space and obviously sharing their bodies with you but there is a very inalienable right within a woman within a man to decide to open their genitals up for you, to open themselves up physically for you. And regardless of what ring you've placed on that finger or whatever certificate you've signed or whatever ceremony you have performed about a marriage, that yes has to be given. Whether, you know, by her conduct, you know, you can imply yes, she's wearing her lingerie, she's smooching all up on you without saying yes you know she's saying yes or she's i mean you ask and she expressly says yes and she gives herself out to you but i think for a man no matter what marriage you've done you've you've you know contracted with your wife if you touch her and she says no you should be dignified enough if you don't have a sense of entitlement gross sense of entitlement if you don't have that you should be dignified enough to hold back and wait for her to get ready and maybe you can have a conversation about it later but marital rape exists secular there our law provides a secular solution to marital rape but enforcing it is difficult because the people in charge of enforcing it, the law enforcement agencies, the police, the investigators, the prosecutors, the judiciary is made up of human beings in Ghana who also have the same religious biases but I, I dare say that I mean there are many courts in the land who would uphold Marital rape, if the ingredients, all the ingredients are satisfied, of course, because the law is the law. It is very simple. It is written and it is written and you can't circumvent it. You cannot circumvent it. You see? Yeah. So that's 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 about it on marital rape law enforcement the secular solution to it and and um and the definition of rape now I I want to answer your other questions um do they happen are there good solid solutions available at the moment well like I said already they do happen but are there good um solid solutions available at the moment? Yes there are but I have, I think I have clearly discussed the reasons why it's difficult to resolve them because law enforcement agencies, law enforcement personnel also have these religious biases and so also think that um, uh, a man cannot rape his wife. And so it's more difficult. Although the law is clearly spelled out in section 98 of Act 29, its application becomes a little cumbersome because... People are generally moved by their own prejudices and biases. So law enforcement agencies suffer the same human problems called prejudices and biases. However, the fact still remains that there is a workable solution. A woman who is married can be raped if she did not consent to sex. Now, remember that consent to marriage is, does not necessarily imply an unconditional constant 24/7 consent to having sexual intercourse they're two different things now um, you also asked about what does the bible say on rape and marital rape i'll take what the bible says on rape first before i come to marital rape and i think i discussed marital rape and the christian teachings uh, earlier but I'll, I'll i'll talk about it again but rape basically Rape basically in the Bible is catered for under Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 22 to 29. And um, well, 22 verse 22 talks about a man having sex with another man's wife or betrothed and both of them should be stoned to death. But the rape sections go below that. They come after that. And it um, basically says that When a man rapes a girl who is a virgin and um, a virgin and uh, betrothed in the countryside, she should be spared, but the man should be killed, stoned to death, should be killed. But if the rape occurs in town, she should be killed together with him. Both of them should be killed because she was in town and she didn't scream, you know. Then, if she's um, unbetrothed and a virgin and she's raped, here this is the catch, this is the spicy one. If she's unbetrothed, she's raped, she's a virgin, she's unbetrothed, it means that she doesn't belong to any man and she's raped. The man should pay 50 pieces of uh, silver or 50 shekels of silver to the girl's father, the victim's father, and then marry her. Now, i know many people many many christian apologetics have made all sorts of lame excuses for this kind of uh, provisions in a bible that's called holy on on rape but i tell you it's total bs it's bullshit because i don't understand how a loving god would punish a victim a victim of um, rape with death and this is i think in my humble opinion this is where the victim blaming characteristic of people stems from because even in the bible you as a victim virgin you you are blamed you are killed sometimes if it happens in town you are killed if if that is if you belong to another man if you don't belong to another man um you are married off to, to your rapist. So building on that, today when we hear people speaking about, uh, what was she wearing? We talk about rape and they're asking, what was she wearing? You should know where it's coming from because their basic religious tenets teaches them to look for blame. And so that's, that's why they do that. So biblically, rape is punishable depending on who owns the pussy of the victim if the victim's pussy belongs to another man she will be killed if she's raped in town if she's raped out of town in the countryside when even if she she screamed nobody would hear she would be spared but if her pussy doesn't belong to any man then she would be married off so it's a lose-lose for the woman really it's a lose-lose for the victim so um i think my opinion of um the bible's provisions on rape uh is just uh, it's it's bullshit, total bullshit. nobody should work with it it's uh in 2019 we should not be reading stuff like that and we should not be reading stuff like that to our daughters because It damages their thinking, and we should not be reading stuff like that to our sons because it damages their thinking that you could rape a woman and get a wife. If you want a wife, rape a virgin. (laughs) That's how simple it is for the Bible people. And I hear Christians saying that, Oh, that was the old testament. We are not bound by the New Testament. We are living under grace. Well, that's another level of bullshit. Because Christians like shifting the goalposts. If uh, an Old Testament provision does not sit well with their uh, common sense if it's um, if it's absurd if it results in absurdity then they shift the goalpost and say they don't belong in the Old Testament. If it doesn't result in absurdity then they apply. So there's no consistency. There's no certainty of um, the principles in the Bible. There's no certainty. Uh sometimes they shift, sometimes they don't shift. If it's tithing, they shift. Oh, they're old testament people when it's when it comes to tithing. But if it's marriage of a rape victim to a rapist, then oh they're living under the grace in the New Testament. A lot of crap. Horse shit. Bullshit. So that's the Bible's provision on rape. What about marital rape? I've mentioned this already. The two bodies are one. You, but Paul says that you should not deny each other conjugal rights except for when you're doing spiritual exercises like fasting or when you're sick and even that you should quickly resume conjugal intimacy. So basically for from a Bible point of view, there cannot be rape in marriage because the woman's body belongs to her husband. So whenever he wants, except that she's sick or except that she's undergoing spiritual, a spiritual activity, anytime tea he wants it, he should get it. It actually just wells up this uh, sense of entitlement in Christian men. And it's, well, the danger with sexual entitlement in men and women in anybody is that it leads to sexual abuse because when a person thinks that they're entitled to touching you sexually your no is nothing your no means nothing because they feel entitled and these teachings in the bible both old and new testament clearly shows that uh, a man who wants to you know be biblical stricto sensu will, will by all means have this sense of entitlement to his woman's body and where she says no he can still go ahead. as long as she's not fasting or praying and she's not sick he can still go ahead and take her and that taking will not amount to rape so in Christian theology there cannot be by necessary implication and by necessary interpretation of the biblical provisions i have mentioned Matthew 19 Ephesians 5 Corinthians 7 Deuteronomy 22 there cannot be rape in mar- in a christian marriage because it just doesn't exist it it doesn't exist there unfortunately for them the laws of this country supersede every religious tenet the laws of this country respect your right to Believe in whatever you want to believe in, but it must be consistent with the laws of the country. Whatever you're practicing as a Christian, as a Muslim, as a whatever, it must be consistent, it must conform with the constitution and all the laws that flow therefrom. So you can't say that as a Christian, uh, you can't rape your wife, she's your wife, so there's no marital rape. And so, if your wife went to lodge a complaint of rape against you it, at the police station, and fortunately, she gets a police officer who understands the law on rape in, in section 98 and it's put before a court you can't go and say that well as a christian i can't rape my wife because i have access unrestricted access to her body you can't go and say that because the definition of rape is clear it says having canal knowledge of a female above 16 years without her consent and it didn't say that having canal knowledge of a unmarried of an unmarried female it's, it just said female To that extent, I don't see why many people are struggling with the definition, trying to impute all these meanings that are not there, that, oh, because marriage means the two shall become one. Well, the lawmakers are not oblivious of these Christian and Islamic teachings and even our cultural teachings about who owns the woman's body. They are not oblivious about them. They know. But I think that common sense prevailed. And I am so glad common sense prevailed you need to learn body boundaries we need as a people to understand body boundaries that regardless of what ring you've put on a woman's finger regardless of whatever certificate you have signed with her regardless of whatever ceremony you have performed with her called marriage where you want to put your penis in her vagina or whichever other orifice you want to put it in and she says no You should be dignified as a man. And I believe African men are very dignified men. You should be dignified enough to understand that she says no. I think, personally, I find it very repulsive when I hear people make excuses for rape. Oh, it must have been what she was wearing. Oh, she must have asked for it. Oh, what was she doing in his room? Oh, why did she drink while she was with it? Please. Please. The person owns her pussy in her panty. You own your dick in your briefs or boxes. Can you just have some body boundaries? If she doesn't take them off, if she doesn't lift her hips to meet you, baby, keep your dick in your pants. I wish that men would come to understanding to an understanding that they are not entitled to women's bodies. It would resolve a lot of these sexual abuse problems we have sexual harassment rape defilement if men would if we would raise our boys our ghanaian boys to understand body boundaries and to appreciate that a woman a girl has the right not to allow you to touch her and you're not entitled to regardless of what moses said (laughs) i'm sorry regardless of what paul said regardless of what matthew said regardless of what jesus said you're not entitled to having a girl's pussy a girl's a woman's pussy because you put a ring on her thing no she must give it to you at every single time she must be willing to give it to you and i honestly i'm not a man but i just feel that it will be more pleasurable to have your woman give herself to you i think rape sexual abuses, defilement, sexual harassment is for the low-life scumbags. It's for people who have low self-esteem. It's for guys who, you know, uh, they they have difficulty toasting women. They have difficulty making women fall for them. And so they want to use force. They are cowards, basically. I always say that they are cowards. And if you have a book, a religious book, that sort of reinforces and confirms this cowardly act well i I, well your religious book is bullshit i'm sorry i can't say it as it is it's bullshit total bullshit that you can rape a woman and get a wife or that because you're married to her she has no right to say no no it's her body it's your body now i always seem to um find it hard to believe that men would would find it so difficult to appreciate the, the pain of being sexually abused the pain of a woman being sexually abused if you didn't have the sense that you're doing a woman a favor by sticking your penis in her orifices you you, you wouldn't have a problem understanding this because imagine you a man and somebody forces their penis forces their penis into your anus how would you feel? you don't want it? Or your wife example your wife your wife says darling i want to peg you i want to peg you i feel like pegging i mean it's something i crave and you say no i don't want you touching my asshole i don't want it i don't want it and then bam she's doing it to you like you're on top of her and she puts her finger in there bam like that how you feel violated you feel disrespected you feel taken for granted and it's an abuse so, why is it so difficult for a married man to understand that at this particular time his wife doesn't want him to stick his penis in her orifices? If it's so easy for a man, a married man, to understand that at a particular time he doesn't want his wife to peg him, to stick a finger up his bum, or stick a, something, a toy up his bum, I don't see why it's so difficult for them to understand why their wives can sometimes not want them to stick their penis in their orifices um i think i've addressed all your concerns but if there's anything more you want me to talk about you can always holler me um all in all i think ghana has a very good law the law is solid section 98 of act 29 is solid Carnal knowledge of a female above 16 years without her consent. No qualification as to what type of female she is. Whether she's an overdressed, underdressed, naked, nude, wife, and wifeed female. It's just female. As long as she's a female, she's over 16 years and she didn't consent. And you have sex with her, you have raped her. And I think this definition should give us enough clarity. All these... Excuses and inferences being made. I think they are just lame. They are lame. There is no ambiguity in the law There's no ridiculous outcome that can come out from the interpretation. So yes There can't be marriage in rape uh, Sorry, there can't be rape in marriage and there is It, it happens all the time it happens i've seen quite a few it happens all the time and And the law is there to enforce it, but law enforcement agencies have their religious biases. And so it's difficult to enforce, but it happens. And I hope that, to conclude, I hope that we get to a point where it's easier for us to uh, separate state from religion. I hope you understand. So that we can clearly see what the law says without coloring Or without seeing it through the lenses of our religious biases if if that's what we were doing all this while this conversation wouldn't come up whether there's marital rape or not because if you interpret the law simplicity like that you would know it's not ambiguous there can be rape in marriage if you interpret the law female canon knowledge of a female 16 years and above without her consent well they can't be raped because whether she's married or not she's a female she's over 16 years she didn't give her consent you fucked her you raped her but it is when we look at this law with or through the lenses of our religious biases and prejudices that's when we have these fake ambiguities coming up and then we start creating problems where they are none and trying to find solutions the law has no problem there is a solution to marital rape marital rape exists there is a solution to it we just need balls yeah we just need balls to enforce them thank you
1: great submission there from our anonymous friend um she just took most of the words out of my mouth so let's just go to the next person the next person on our list um it's not anonymous interestingly enough um his name is mystic mike he's a journalist he's a blogger and he's a voiceover artist let's have mystic mike
3: well mystic mike here uh founding manager of black pepper.com i'm a a journalist a blogger an mc and a voiceover artist i reckon that there is marital rape the issue of marital rape is is, um is something that is with us and then uh, um, it can be handled Uh, in a marriage I reckon. I would describe it as um, an act that happens when a partner is not um, in the mood and then she's not mentally ready and then physically ready for the interaction, the sexual interaction and so when a partner forces him or herself Uh, onto the other partner then one could say um, it is marital rape or it is um, an abuse um, for that matter. Now, how could this be averted or how could one contain this um, situation? I believe the key has to do with communication you know, I believe the key has uh, to be with communication. If a partner is not in the mood for any action, then it must be stated clearly when another partner wants to go on the road. And the, the signals must be, must be so clear, you know, so that there's no ambiguity about not being ready. Often, when a pregnant woman wants sex, the husbands even fear that they might puncture the pregnancy. But it is the married women who egg their husbands on. That come on, honey, I, I'm in the mood. I want it. And despite the pleadings of their husbands or partners that i'm afraid i don't want to hurt you they go ahead and say come on take me i, I will not be hurt i will not be hurt so you, many men will tell you when their wives are pregnant or their partners are pregnant they fear having sex with them it's a reality it is the women who encourage them and urge them to not be afraid and that they will be safe so that being given that scenario being having been painted It is about communication, it is about having knowledge and then it is about the partners working together. It does not mean that when the lady says, take me, you do certain styles or any other style as if she wasn't pregnant. You should know that the circumstances have changed. Her biological uh, condition is no longer what it used to be. So, you would have to avoid certain styles not to injure her. Uh, knowingly or unknowingly it is the same thing with the marital rape but I also believe in compromise I also believe in compromise that as partners there's need for compromise so if a partner of yours is horny is horny is in the mood wants to be on the road and the other partner is not quite there mentally or it's not quite there physically it doesn't mean you should leave your partner hanging that wouldn't make any sense because you wouldn't want him or her to go out and satisfy he or herself <laughs> outside you would be hurt if that were to happen so what should you do that's where compromise comes in if you cannot allow for penetration at least you can give a blue job you can give a BJ If you cannot allow for penetration, you can lick the vagina or the coochie or the pussy of your wife. That is sexual stimulation for your wife. And you, the lady also, you can handle the rod effectively. You can give him a hand job or you can give him a BJ or a blow job. Or you can even give him a face fuck. If you cannot go down there, if you're not feeling to go down there, you can give him your throat to face fat you. These are the options available to partners. And I would urge partners to look at the options on the table. It doesn't have to always lead to quarrels when both parties are not on the same page. Now, the question then is, what does the Bible say about marital rape? Now, as you are aware, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as a Christian, as things stand. But I do recall that back in the day, when I was a Christian, you know, I think the Bible's position on sex in marriage is that partners should avail themselves at every time. There shouldn't be excuses of, using, uh, of weaponizing sex that when there's a grudge you would want to use sex as a means to pay back you know the bible in its wisdom tries to solve that conundrum and so it makes it clear that partners should be ready for sexual activity in marriage at every time now the bible having said that also you as a human being having intellect having brain having a mind And having a functioning uh, body there will be circumstances and then they require certain actions now even though you might be a Christian and your wife is obliged to satisfy you at every time some women find their menstrual uh, period very painful and so if you're a husband and you want to take your wife and your wife says I'm in my menses I'm feeling pain. I cannot even sit. I cannot even sleep. And so, I cannot do this at this moment. I reckon that you should have the patience. And if she can give you a BJ, you take it. If she can give you a hand job, you take it. But even if she is unable to do any of these things, I'll urge you to give her a few days so that she can recover. And find her body and her footing you know and for the um, ladies also the men have a lot on their plates you do know that men as you Christians who say are the men of the house they are to provide for the house and so a lot of the financial burden is on the males, it's on the husbands some have the situation of not having a a well-paying job. And so, already their mental uh, faculty is burdened. They are always thinking what can be done to raise other means of capital to support this family. And some work under terrible bosses. And so, your husband could go to work and be stressed out. Uh, The boss can easily stress him out. And so he's in no mood to have sex but you, the wife, are ready for it. And if you make the move and the husband tells you, honey, I'm not in a place where I can even have sex, I think you should also be considerate. And then if the husband cannot uh, give full sexual access, perhaps he could also avail himself uh, to be kissed and other things, so that you, the woman feeling, honey, you would also feel that your needs have not been neglected. Now, the trouble with these things is people forming habits out of them. And so you would have a partner who has formed the pattern of deliberately refusing the partner sex for whatever reason. Now, if you are in the habit of doing that, your partner is not going to believe any other thing you say. No matter how genuine it might be at times. And so the caution is not to form habits of denying our partner's says. When really, there's no reason to do so. And so once again, the issue of marital sex is a very delicate one. But I reckon communication... Both partners coming to the table with open minds and be willing to learn and to understand the other party and us going our way to compromise. Even if we cannot deliver the full package, we'll go a long way in making our homes very enjoyable. This has been another episode from Mystic Mike, aka The Rebel Soul. It's always a pleasure to come your way. Tata!
1: very charismatic <laughs> presentation from mr mike over there um yes marital rape comes down to all the, the things that he talked about but i think most men don't even know that they're raping their partners they feel like you know this is something that is mine i can't in any way be raping her because it's just what it is it's mine so I think that at the end of the day, people need to know that this is actually a very bad thing. You know? Like, if, if people don't know this, they'll continue to do it thinking it's fine. And that is where I find a problem. Like, I feel like, sometimes, in fact, most of the time, most men just go and have sex. I mean, they just, hey, open your leg, let me do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they just do their thing. and if they know that this is also rape i mean they would kind of respect it a bit no i don't think most people out there just like walking around and doing anything they want to do knowing it's bad you know i think the communication bit is always there and has always been there but if i don't know it's a bad thing i'll do it anyway you know <laughs> it's not even about communication and most women wouldn't end up talking about it anyways um that is why sex education is important but that's another topic that we we'll handle in one of my episodes that's coming up soon let's have the last person um we have our pretty lady stephanie bosom who also obviously is not going to be anonymous um going to come as la as the last person now she was the very first voice note that i heard um But it wasn't complete, it was just for an introduction, so let's have her now.
0: Hello, I'm Stephanie Bosonpun, and these are my thoughts on marital rape. Marital rape is said to be sexual intercourse without a person's consent by the person to whom he or she is married to. There could be domestic violence involved, and it's more common in women and in developing countries. Um, some developed countries have laws in place to prevent it from happening. But here in Ghana, there currently aren't any laws to prevent that. But then it's assumed that the Domestic Violence Act covers it. Um, the research on marital rape in Ghana is quite scanty. But it shows that one in four men have been forced to have sexual intercourse with their spouses, which is really alarming. And um, there aren't any recorded cases reported by the police. So a marital rape here in Ghana, it's a grey area. Unlike rape and defilement, it usually occurs in falls and child marriages, where the woman is viewed as the man's property. Hence, he can treat her however he sees fit. And in our society, sex is seen to be an obligation. So a woman has no right to... And um, refuse a husband even if she's incapacitated and um, because of the shame and the stigmatization um if a woman goes through such things she would even be scared to come out with it and if she's bold enough to report to her family or to any religious body she will most likely be told to bear it and pray about it and if she decides to go to the police the policemen wouldn't do anything about it or just laugh and then tell her to go back to her husband's house. So due to this, most women suffer in silence. And in a society where sex is seen to be about gaining chip, a woman could also decide to withhold it from her husband. And he might decide to rape out of frustration, though that is wrong. Um in terms of the Bible, the Bible is clear on rape in the Old Testament where um depending on where it occurred um the man is either stoned to death or he's made to marry here. Yeah. But then um where the woman is married, they're actually both <laughs> should I say stoned to death, which is really serious. With the New Testament there's absolutely nothing on that. Um I I don't know about um Islam. So, in terms of solutions, I don't think um, the laws alone would help. Though it would be a step in the right direction if an actual law is put in place to prevent it from happening. And then also the law should be enforced. And the police do need a reorientation. Because the attitude towards such cases, when reported, are very bad. And such women should be offered counseling services and whatever support that they need. Also social education is very important in this sense, because um, Ghana is a country where our social cultural and religious inclinations have made some of us um, indifferent to such things. We see it to be normal. So social education in the right direction towards children um, would help so that they are made aware of their rights. And women empowerment also helps, because in most cases, the women are financially dependent on the men. So it's hard for them to break away from such men. Um, also, I believe that uh, men should learn to respect their wives' wishes when they say no. They shouldn't force her to do um, what she doesn't want to do. Thanks for listening to me
1: thank you to stephanie for the submission um so the last thing i would like to add is that um when it comes to sex it's kind of like a mystery especially here in ghana um i don't know about other african countries and like she said before we don't have too much statistics on some of these things and um there's also the issue of empowerment of women i mean most women are not empowered especially here in this part of the world and i think it's a general issue globally but i can only speak f- from the Ghanaian perspective so if we first of all we are able to empower our women and secondly um able to give them equal opportunities and able to educate the men you know because <laughs> most of the time the men are not you know the victims in this situation so i think most of the education should be focused on the men you know um in churches um in schools you know in before people get married most people go for counseling i think they should be part of the education um i think most of our lawyers also in courts, <laughs> should come out and speak about some of these things because in ghana the lawyers are just quiet on so many things until something happens then they come out and be like okay this is what the law says blah 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 i mean it's fine but it's not enough we we need to do a lot of advocacy we need to speak to people i mean there are rare cases where some women to rape their men you know um i think it's a huge thing to handle because there's also the case of reporting why would you want to report your husband to the police that is raping you you know it kind of sounds weird i mean some people do it and also when people are able to come out and report these issues how do the police deal with it you know so i think the police also needs to have um, this training in law i think it's really important they need to have um the basics on our laws they need to know what they say and i don't think they do because i know a lot of police people who know jack all they know is uh, how to stop people on the road and that's also going to be another uh, podcast altogether about our police forces and um, their efficiency how to help them and what's going wrong with that sector in itself so today we come to the end of this podcast um i hope you guys enjoy it i mean the audio quality is not that good so um i'm working on my voice control and my production and all that i hope you guys um follow me through on this journey thank you so much for listening